0: Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more.
1: Here we go. We're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Because Money Podcast. I'm Jackson Middleton, joined by Kyle Prevo and Sandy Martin. And today we've got a very special guest, Randy Cass with Nest Wealth. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Sandy's going to introduce Randy, and we're probably going to talk to someone else with the last name, their first name, letter Y. But yeah, here we go. Sandy, why don't you go for it right now? Well,
2: thanks, Jackson. (laughs) So, of course, Randy Cass of Nest Wealth. Nest Wealth is one of the, I'll say robo-advisors, because I know that everybody out there knows what I mean. We can talk a little bit about whether we're actually going to use that term or not. Um, Randy is the founder of Nest Wealth, which is operating here in Ontario. Um, it's slightly different kind of value proposition from some of the others out there, but in general, I think Randy will let you tell us what Nest Wealth does for regular, ordinary Canadians.
0: Thanks, guys. It's a, it's a lot of fun to be here today. Um, what we do is not dramatically different from how the largest and the best and the smartest institutions invest their own money. Except we give that access to all Canadians and all investors And, and that means that there's a certain way to invest properly and this industry hasn't always supported it. It is figure out what your risk tolerance is, minimize your fees, get properly diversified, stick to the plan, rebalance when necessary and then you come out with what is possibly the best outcome that you could get to and a lot of what happens in Canada right now is the exact opposite. It is buy high-fee products, uh, chase whatever's hot, try and outperform the market, and we are the exact opposite of that. So using what we feel is the best-in-breed technology, we give the diversified and customized aspect of portfolio creation available to everybody, and we do it for, instead of a percentage of the funds, a single flat monthly fee ranging anywhere from $20 to $80 a month.
2: Wow, okay, so that is very different. So why the flat fee?
0: Well I mean a lot of people talk about this as a debate between what's good and what's evil and what's old and what's new and we just think this is a debate between whose money is this anyway and a lot of what is the tradition in this industry is that where you invest your money the goal is to really extract as much of it as they possibly can and we just don't think that's the right way to do it. We think the proper way to do it is to provide a service and to charge a fair fee for that and the only way you can charge a fair fee for that is to make it a flat fee. There's no other industry in the world where people will give up a percentage of their money based on how well they've done for the exact same service as someone else. You don't pay more for a car if you're very wealthy, if it's the same car as someone else buying it. You don't pay more for a house if it's the same house, anywhere else. Being charged based on how well you've done is called a tax. And and there's, do you guys see the usual suspects? It's, it's this, well, everybody's seen it. But there's a line at the end of it where Kaiser Sose or Kevin Spacey, spoiler alert, says, <laughs> <laughs> says, sorry, Sandy's gone. But where he says, the greatest trick the devil ever did was convincing people that he didn't exist. And he didn't know. The mutual fund industry, because the greatest trick that this industry's ever done is convincing people that they should be charged a percentage of their assets. And in an environment where you're expecting 5 or 6 or 7% a year on a good balanced portfolio at best, um, if you're paying 2.5% a year, which is the average Canadian mutual fund fee, if you're paying that a year, you're not, not just giving up 2.5% a year, you're giving up 40 to 50% of what your lifetime increase in wealth could be. And Canadians just can't afford to do that anymore and until Nest Wealth came along, unless they wanted to do it themselves and no one really does, uh, they didn't have a choice and we represent a choice that allows them not to give up 40% of their fees but to keep about 95% of their wealth.
1: But wait Randy, you're talking about it's going to cost me and it's $20 a month and all this stuff about fees. My financial advisor didn't tell me any of that. My financial advisor said I was getting the advice for free that it was free they told me free four times in our conversation and they they made sure to emphasize that it was all free so what do you mean that this costs less than free
0: well i mean you shouldn't be telling me about that conversation with your financial advisor you should be talking to the regulators because or the regulators because there's a misperception that exists in Canada that financial advice and services are free and they're not they're opaque they're hidden they are everything but transparent which is not the same as fee, uh, free. Do you remember uh, that I said 2.5% on the average equity mutual fund in Canada. If you break that down the way it works is there's about a trillion dollars invested in Canadian mutual funds, most of them are sold through advisory channels or through banks that 2.5% in most cases will include something called a trailer fee. That trailer fee is usually 1% so of a trillion dollars we are talking 10 billion dollars, that 10 billion dollars is coming out of investors pockets and going to compensate people like the advisor you had the conversation with for selling you that product. Now, here's the rub. You'd think that he sold you that product because it was the best possible product for you and that would be That's what he told me. Yeah, it would be true if there was something called a fiduciary obligation that exists in Canada, which means that the advisor has to put their interest behind your interest. They have to put your best interest always first. It exists in the law profession, it exists in directors, when they sh- it exists all over the place. But it doesn't exist in the financial services industry, which means that all an advisor has to do is sell you a suitable product. And a suitable product can be something that fits your needs but is not the best product for you. And that means that if you have a mutual fund that charges 2.5% or you have an ETF, an exchange traded fund that does almost exactly the same but charges 95% less in fees, they can still sell you the mutual fund because it is a suitable product. And that's one of the problems in this industry right now. It is not that advisors are bad and not that advisors don't have best interests at heart. It's that in many cases the only way they get compensated is by selling high-fee products to clients and that's not in anyone's best interest. That's right. So but then
1: you're – sorry, okay. I was just going to say your advice must be uh, much less um, thorough or much less uh, – you're paying so much less for it so it obviously must be uh, not nearly as good because I'm sure when I go to my hypothetical financial advisor, I'm sure he's going to tell me, yeah, 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 those online guys, uh, listen, I'm here, I'm giving you personal advice, uh, I'm taking care of your specific situation, I guarantee you they're not going to put as much time into it as I am. So I, I tend to think differently. I'm sort of secretly with you. I'm playing devil's advocate here. But what what, what would you say to that uh, hypothetical advisor?
0: There are some families and some individuals and many Canadians that that value being brought by a relationship with an advisor who is actually doing things so that are looking out for your best interest will be invaluable. They either have complexity in their financial situation or they have multiple priorities that they need to look after or things like estate planning or taxes or the rest of it. But when it comes to wealth management, when it comes to asset allocation, when it comes to investing your money, the objective data time and time again has shown that the best way to get performance is to just say I want to get the same return as the market and I'm going to stop trying to beat the market. And study after study after study has demonstrated that that is the way you end up coming out ahead. There's something called a SPIVA study that compares active management, which are funds run by portfolio managers who are hired just to outperform a passive med And it shows year after year about two-thirds to three-quarters of those funds will not outperform an ETF, an S&P TSX-60, an S&P 500, a benchmark that they were hired solely to outperform. Each year, two-thirds to three-quarters won't. Over five years, it gets up to 90%. Over 10-plus years, it gets up close to 100%. It's like if three out of four computers didn't turn on Three out of four cars didn't start. This industry has an incredible amount of brain power showing up for work every day and doing nothing but actually destroying value. And the reason is because of the fees. And if you got rid of the fees, then you would actually allow people to keep a vast more proportion of their money, and at the same time, what we're doing then is not only cheaper for the individual, but it is constructing an actually objectively better portfolio for them. (laughs)
2: You I to find Damn, man. <laughs> Kyle, I don't know. You need to find somebody else there.
1: No, I, I agree. Uh, I, in addition to this Beva study, I, I've, uh, I think I've referenced on here before. I'm a huge uh, index proponent as well. Um, I've read a bunch of stuff, and whether you're talking about Andrew Halam or some of the other guys out there that have done the index investing research, I mean, there's been Dalbar studies, all these studies where if you take out survivorship bias – it's less than 2% over 10-year stretches uh, of yeah. those actively managed funds, uh, and many of them are switching managers. There's just no way. I'm probably like the most vehemently anti-mutual fund person uh, left. I'm, I, I actually look over my shoulder all the time because I'm afraid Like, th- there's so much money tied up in mutual funds that someone's going to come for me, that, that I'm destroying the business model. But uh, <laughs> anyway...
0: I mean here's the thing that's not really well understood about the mutual fund industry. It was set up for a very noble purpose. It was set up because diversification, investing in a lot of stocks, got rid of risk but was bloody expensive back in the 20s and 30s when the first mutual funds came out. And so they kind of said look, if you want diversification we'll pool the money together, we'll take a cut, we'll take some transaction fees but it was much better than the alternative. It was only in the 70s when Vanguard came out with the first index fund and said, guys, 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 we'll give you the same diversification but we're not going to try and hire someone to outperform the market that the mutual fund industry went to Madison Avenue and 5th Avenue and they said to them, guys, we need a marketing strategy to counter <laughs> the index funds. and to counter the, the very, truth. <laughs> yeah, and the, well, the very first, well, no one knew it was the truth at that point, but they said, we've been selling ourselves on diversification. Now there are these rugrats down the street in a state over from us that says they can do it much cheaper and one of the very first campaigns they came out with was if you were sick would you want an average doctor, if you were in trouble with the law would you want an average lawyer and they they, they implied it was essentially un-American to want to have average returns and the logical conclusion of that was overnight the mutual fund industry went from being a purpose of diversification to we will do better than average returns for you. The only problem is It's never been objectively shown that as a whole they can, and they've built up in Canada a trillion dollars on the back of marketing that says we will do better than average when we just talked about it, 90 plus percent over an extended period of time, do no such thing.
2: I'm not entirely convinced that people walking into a bank branch are really... I mean, I think outperformance is kind of back there bubbling away, but I, I don't think that they necessarily walk in and say... This person is going to, to manage my money for me. Or excuse me, they're going to manage my portfolio for me. I think they're they're walking in and saying, I hope they're gonna help me in some way. They know about money. They'll do that. Plus they'll do the portfolio, plus they'll answer whether I should be RSP or TFSA, plus they'll answer, I mean, I can I never seem to be able to pay down my credit card, so maybe I can talk to them about that. All of that is paid for, essentially, depending on the model is often paid for by the trailing commissions that you were talking about at the beginning. So, is there First let me let me let me say one thing at a time. When people call in at Nest Wealth and they have questions that they would ask the bank person, we can debate the relative quality of the answers that they get from the bank. What kind of answers are they getting from you when they ask those questions?
0: So it depends what the questions are. Everything you just spoke of, the desire to pay down credit cards, the need for um, answers on why it's hard to save or or the other areas that you spoke of, um, those should never be paid for as a percentage of assets under management. Those are services, those are people with high sets of skills, those would be fee only financial planners or accountants or lawyers or experts in each area. You should never be paying for that stuff based on how much you are willing to invest. And and Sandy I would argue a bit that qualified advice in those areas is even accessible as a trailer or a flat fee um, in the investment industry to people that have less than call it half a million dollars and it's scaling up to a million now at many places and that's, that's the entry fee, that's the door fee to cross the threshold of a high service, high quality financial advisor who I readily admit can help you in all sorts of areas that Nest Wealth won't. We don't answer questions about tax planning or estate planning. We will help you with what type of account we think you should maybe set up and where your money should go initially. But beyond that, we prefer to route you to an expert, someone who in that particular area will give you the best possible unconflicted advice. Because what you spoke of Sandy, what credit card I should switch to, what accounts I should open, how I should pay my bills. All those things are income sources for the place where you're sitting down to discuss them with the expert across the desk at the bank. And that is the wrong place to get advice. Your advice should be unbiased, it should be unconflicted, it should come from someone who has no products to sell you. And one of the real puzzles of the mutual fund industry in Canada is how all this stuff got jumbled into this MER ball and the vast majority of people have no complexity or need to take advantage of it. Right, The vast majority of people don't need to worry about a legacy estate planning for their $10 million or which tax shelter they should take advantage of. The vast majority of Canadians would just be happy knowing that their money was being put in a place that was going to let them reach their goals with the highest likelihood and that's so hard to find in Canada right now. So my counter to you is if you have access to that quality of information that's going to let you come out ahead then go for it, all the power to you. But Nest Wealth has been set up because the gap between those who have access to it and the millions of Canadians that are being defaulted by banks and others into 2.5% mutual funds is too high, it's just too much now. Something has to be done to take the 20 odd billion in fees that's getting paid to this complex every year and shrink it down to nothing. We don't need a solution that's some great new pension plan or some forced savings plan, although they all might have aspects that end up being positive. What we need is to engage the Canadian marketplace and let them know that they finally have a choice. And you don't want to do it yourself, and I get it. And you don't want to give 40 to 50% of your potential wealth and fees and lost compounding, and I get it. So we have created the best use of technology, the best professionals in the industry, and a flat fee that doesn't believe in taking a cut, a chance for you to have your answers answered. And if you need that expert advice, I mean, there's the three of you. There are experts. (laughs) Well, thank you taxes and all sorts of areas that are going to be able to give you fair, unconflicted advice at a reasonable fee. The notion that I should be paying for that advice based on how successful I've been in the past and how much money I have is just ludicrous.
1: So we talked about the one end of the spectrum uh, compared to someone with a million dollars that wants a full service um, type plan set up for them. How do you convince guys on the other end of the spectrum, Randy? Obviously, for folks like me who are geeky about this and want to read books on it and go into depth, um, you know the full s- or the uh, discount brokerages where we set up our own ETFs—that's a relatively good solution. So, at what point would you argue, uh, okay, this this type of person—they're probably better off with the do-it-yourself thing, uh, shaving off those little little bits of fees. And what uh, sort of people are you guys perfect for?
0: Look, if this is your passion and this is your love and this is play money and not your savings, then all the power to you. Be a do-it-yourselfer, enjoy life, enjoy what you get out of playing with the stocks and the markets because it adds value to you. But don't for a second think that you have put yourself in a position to come out in the best possible outcome because there are certain things that are just boring as heck that people get tired of forced rebalancing, having to figure out what an efficient frontier looks like, having to optimize the risk in your portfolio so it's appropriate, picking the best ETF, not getting sidetracked so you double down on split sixes for some reason at the (laughs) blackjack table just because you're bored. There is an incredibly slow, methodical, boring way to make sure that you are doing the best possible job you can for your savings and doing it yourself just because of the way we're wired. Just because we chase things that look shiny, just because we sell things by psychological reasons that are down and buy things that are up, doing it yourself is a very challenging way to come out ahead. But no one's going to tell you not to. What we would challenge you to is say, keep a portion of it to do it yourself, put a portion of it with a service like Nest Wealth that gives you the lowest cost ETFs from providers like Vanguard and iShares, the perfect um, allocated optimized portfolio for your risk tolerance, customized, we have no buckets, it takes care of rebalancing, it gives you full transparency and a fixed fee so that we don't take an increased amount of money every time you do well. And then at the end of a year look at the two of them and decide which one did better and at the end of three years look at the two of them and decide which one did better and every year ask yourself is your time worth 20 40 $80 a month and if at any point you say yes I think it is and yes they keep doing better than I'm doing then you've given yourself the answer. But there's some people that will never want to hand over control, and there are others that look at hi- uh, hiring a service like Nest Wealth as the ultimate in taking control. And that is the group we're looking for those that just say, There's nothing there for me right now that's not going to cost me a fortune. I don't want to really take all of this and the responsibility on myself, but I want to go to bed. At- night and and I want to know that this is being handled professionally, it's being handled in a way that I can trust, that's smart, that's protected and that I'm doing the best job I possibly can for my family and the vast majority of our clients are professionals with kids and grandkids, um, large account sizes. This is not as many people think just a play for millennials and young people. This is a play for anyone who has exhibited frustration with what they've gone through in the financial services industry, felt alienated by the financial services industry, or just really wants a chance to come out ahead and doesn't feel that the playing field has been level until now.
1: Wow. Randy, okay. Convinced. You got me. Perfect. So what is the next step? What is the next step for a service like Next Well, What are some of the objections you're going to hit? Like, where, What are your obstacles? Where are you going and how are you going to get there?
0: So I think I think when you do any company, and this is my second company that I've started up. The first was in the same space. It was a company called First Coverage. We raised 15 million for it, and then we sold it to a UK company back in 2011. I have been in financial services managing portfolios in a quantitative fashion for almost 15 years now. So so this is my industry. This is everything I know, um, and money isn't like other startups. It's not like taking photographs or scrapbooking or ordering food online, this is a serious issue and the biggest thing we need to get people comfortable with is two facts. One, that they can be doing a heck of a lot better than they're doing right now when it comes to how much of their wealth they're able to keep and what it's costing them and two, that the alternative solution that we're providing is safe and secure and reputable, particularly Canadians have have real uh, needs to get to this sense of trust and, as you'd understand, um, um, security when it comes to anything to do with money. So, we've taken a couple approaches to this. One, we've made it absolutely clear that as our company exists, we never actually touch our money, all, all our accounts, all our clients have their accounts residing at NBCN which is a 100% owned subsidiary of National Bank, it is their custodial clearinghouse arm, it's in our client's name, all the checks and accounts are opened in their name, we take care of all that, it's all open digitally if you go to join.nestwealth.com, the entire process is digital, it's encrypted, um, there's never a need to print anything else, we, uh, we can go all the way start to finish. Uh, We take care of helping them open their account, but the account is in their name uh, under the umbrella of one of the largest banks in Canada. Uh, We sign an investment management agreement with them that only gives us the ability to actually manage in alignment with the KYC that they took. so we we personalize and customize everybody's uh, portfolio. We take responsibility for rebalancing it. We give them full transparency into the account. We have no lock-ins or tie-ups. If at any point anyone wants to take control and and terminate their relationship with Nest Wealth, it can be done in 24 or 48 hours. Uh, And then the other thing is we make sure that they understand we are the exact opposite of everything that exists on Wall Street and Bay Street right now. We do not believe that we have come up with a better mousetrap or a faster wheel or anything that's so special that no one else has discovered it. Every portfolio is put together using the same Nobel Prize winning theories that the large institutions use. Every portfolio is properly diversified using industry wide best practices and formulas. The asset classes we use are the ones that David Swenson who runs Yale's endowment fund suggested with the modifications that we add exposure to Canadian equities. Um, There is nothing that we do here that suggests that we're going to add value to your portfolio by figuring out something that no one else has ever figured out and outperforming the market because we know that's not true. The way we're going to add value to you is by minimizing your fees, making sure that you're in the appropriate risk adjusted portfolio for your tolerance, keeping on top of it and making sure that we're using the best low cost ETFs for you so that regardless no one can promise you which way the market's going to go, up, sideways or down and if anyone does they're flat out lying to you. But what we can say is that because we can guarantee you that the amount you're going to pay us is going to be so much less than the amount you're going to pay alternatives that exist like 2.5% mutual funds, regardless of which way the market's going to go, you're going to end up better off because of that incredible difference of the amount of money that you get to keep.
1: I'm just just picturing Matthew McConaughey right now in the Wolf of Wall Street where he's like Fugazi, Fugazi. (laughs) And, uh, no one knows that he uh, – and all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, basically, you're the you're the anti Matthew McConaughey uh, well, is, I mean, is what I you're mean, saying.
0: A lot of people have said it. You can choose to be one of two types of companies in the investment industry. You can choose to be portfolio managers, so or you can choose to be a marketing company. And if you are <laughs> going to make money on the sole basis of how much your assets are, and you're going to bring assets in based on the sole basis of how well your marketing is – then you've made your choice. We believe that it's the exact opposite that Canadians need right now and that is how do you give them the best chance of reaching whatever their choice of financial independence is, whatever their goal is at the end of the day and it's a very simple answer. You let them keep as much of their money as they possibly can and there hasn't been a company that's come around in Canada yet that said that is our goal, to keep the money in your pocket. Do you know when I was setting up Nest Wealth about a year and a half ago, um, we were looking for software providers and we were looking for partners and we were looking for all sorts of people to act as um, either custodians or middleware or fill out the parts of the services that we needed back then. And when we sat down and had conversations with them, so many people in the industry would look at us and say, do you guys understand that if you price it where you're going to price it, how much money you're leaving on the table and And it, it, we couldn't quite figure out that they didn't get it that we didn't think this was money being left on the table we thought this was money being left where it should be which is in the account holder's pocket and when we told them that no 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 we're not going to charge a percentage of their fees we're not going to take a cut at the end of the day we're going to cap it 80 bucks a month starting at 20 80 bucks a month no matter how big their accounts get and not per account in total that's just in total you can have multiple accounts and it's still 80 bucks a month for for you when we told them that Many companies didn't even have a way to incorporate with our software because they had no process by which not to take a percentage of someone else's fees or or someone else's account. So this is, like I said at the beginning, it is a debate, and the debate is solely about whose money is this at the end of the day. And companies like Nest Wealth have taken the very firm stance that it is the account holder's money.
2: Uh, so can you project us? What's happening? Well, Sorry, I get very excited. excited i get super excited about things like this so can you project us even the thing the comment that i read kyle you probably read this jackson i'm sure you've read it before i hear it all the time well we have to give the robos a little bit of time because it's pretty new get project us number one you can answer that but project us three four years down the road what does the what does this landscape look like
0: Okay so so anyone who says we have to give the Robos a bit of time because they're pretty new is kind of like saying let's see how the stock markets play out. That seems like a pretty new mechanism. We are not going to be blown away by directions in the market movement. We are not going to be capsized because things happen that we're uncertain about. Everybody's account is at an insured place in their name, separate. We don't actually mingle the accounts ever under the Nest Wealth umbrella. This is an ETF that is plain vanilla, no derivatives, no synthetics. We are about as boring as an investment management company can get. This is not a question of how the robo-advisors do. This is a question of how people react when the market turns down for the very first time. And one of the greatest services that an advisor can provide is being a buffer between an individual and their inclination at the wrong moment to sell everything in their account only to see it go back up. When we had extreme volatility in the markets a month or so ago, we had no calls into Nestwell. And it was because we set the expectations of the account holders at a level where the risk that they were willing to accept and the portfolio that we created for them was in line with exactly what happened. We are so much better able to let people understand what they are getting into, to let them understand what the risk to the upside and the downside looks like based on historic volatility of their portfolio. To give them the transparency, to let them know that the money's actually there in their account when they want it and to see how it's doing. That we don't believe that this is something just waiting for a bear market to uh, capsize. We believe this is something where, if a bear market actually comes, there are going to be so many people that are frustrated with their performance and the amount of fees that they're paying that the um, search for alternatives like a NestWell or a robo advisor, as they so call it, will go to a level that we haven't seen yet. For every person that is upset because they can't reach someone to personally have a long conversation and hold their hand, there are 50 that will be upset that the person who they are dealing with wasn't there to protect them or create a properly diversified portfolio. And and the other misconception that does exist is that from a regulatory point of view and, and from a practical point of view, every client that uses Nestwell actually has a portfolio manager assigned to them a regulated person who can speak to them, pick up the phone, engage in dialogue with them. But the subject matter that's going to be covered is of such a subset of what could be covered that it means that we can scale efficiently. No one is going to ask us why we were in a particular stock or why we didn't buy Apple or why we held on to Blackberry. Everybody's going to have a clear understanding of their portfolio before any single trade is done. Everybody has a conversation with the portfolio manager to make sure that they're comfortable with what we're suggesting and that they agree that this is the asset allocation that makes sense to them. And once they understand the risks that they're taking on in the portfolio diversification and they can see it on a day to day basis, their real questions that they'll call us about circulate around the things that really should be entertained on a phone call. My risk tolerance has changed. I have another situation. I need your advice about my time horizon. I've lost my password. These are the things that we will have conversations about with our clients and we can help them with. But because no one's calling us about stocks and we're not calling them about hot stock picks for whatever conflicted reason we might have, it really does ratchet down on the number of conversations that we're going to have with our client base but we are always here to talk to them whenever they want to have a conversation about their portfolio.
1: The other thing uh, that I would tell listeners is that robos are new in Canada, somewhat new, uh, but they've been in other markets for a long time now and yeah. uh, the business model is proven and uh, companies like Wealth and some of the others in Canada have learned from any initial mistakes and there weren't many from what I've read. Uh, it's a very simple business model, so there wasn't a lot to change or do. Uh, the other question I have for you, Randy, is when I call in and I ask the person uh, for my password or maybe to just some questions about... What exactly is an ETF? Uh, Stuff that you guys would answer... What are the, what type of credential people am I talking to or, or what sort of folks do you hire to answer questions there at Nest Wealth?
0: So we have a great customer support, customer experience team and we also have the portfolio manager and so if your question deals with an area that isn't under regulated activity, if it is a question about where can I find this on the site or can you send me a list of the ETFs that are currently being used in my portfolio or anything that's covered in a marketing piece that is just common information those types of conversations can be had with someone who is not a portfolio manager under the OSC. But any conversation you have that would be an activity or a conversation in furtherance of a trade, changing the portfolio, adjusting the risk tolerance, making changes to your horizon because of specific reasons. Every single one of those conversations is had with a regulated individual and these regulated individuals all have a fiduciary obligation unlike the traditional advisors there is a legal and fiduciary obligation to put the best interests of the client of nest wealth ahead of them in all instances so not only did we get rid of a conflicted advice channel not only do we have no products to sell, not only do we not make any money as your account goes from $250,000 to $1 million and encourage you to take on greater risks, not only have we gotten rid of what most of the conflicts like trailer fees and opaqueness would exhibit themselves to be in an industry like ours, but the truth is every time we do something, every time we make a transaction, every time we give advice, every time we select an ETF, it is done with a fiduciary obligation and in my opinion that's the way this entire industry should be. Speaking of which, there was a second part of that question which was how does this industry look five years from now. I think the greatest thing that has happened is that whether we end up being the great market leader or one of the companies in the states is a great market leader down there or whatever happens, there's finally been a clear and transparent value. Put on what is essentially a plain vanilla commodity action. I'm going to create a diversified portfolio. I'm going to build it with ETS. I'm going to rebalance and monitor it. And I'm going to do all this for you on a consistent basis. That is table stakes in asset allocation wealth management right now. And if you want to know how much it costs, it costs anywhere from 20 to 80 bucks a month. That's it. (laughs) If you are having a conversation with an advisor now, and when CRM2 comes out in July 2016, it's already out, but when the final stages come out in July 2016, and everybody gets a statement, and on that statement, it's going to say the amount of money you have been paying in commissions to advisors. And it's going to be a big number for some people. It's going to be $5,000, $10,000, $20,000. The conversation now is no longer, huh, that's a big number, not much I can do about it. The conversation now has to be, explain to me why I'm paying you 20 times as much as I can pay Nestwell to do the exact same plain vanilla portfolio allocation that you're doing for me. And in many instances the advisor will be able to turn around and say well here's all the different ways that we add value and great for them if that's the answer to that question. But in a lot of instances there's going to be no answer, there's going to be silence. And the ability to overcharge for plain vanilla asset allocation now and to get a percentage of someone's future wealth just for doing something that can be done through Nest Wealth at at a fraction of the cost, that's gone. And the winner of that is going to be the client. And so, and so however this industry shakes out over the next five years, I can guarantee you that the end investor is going to be better served because of that.
2: There is so much more we could talk about this. I could just get lost in this conversation, but we won't. We'll we'll, we'll wrap it up here. I am so happy that you came on the show, Randy. And uh-huh. we're really, I think, I'm very glad. I think all of us are watching this uh, oh, with just real great interest. This is just so exciting to be on the sidelines for. So, um, yeah, thank you. And maybe we can touch base with you again down the road as things unfold. That's great.
0: Absolutely. We should have some pretty nice announcements coming out in the next month or two. And I encourage everybody, if you're wondering what the impact of fees are on you, go to join.nestwealth.com. Again, J O I N.nestwealth.com. There's a little calculator, storyteller, scenario builder that you can play with there. And you will find out exactly how much these fees might be taking out of your potential wealth. Yeah, that's great. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involves no ads or other sponsorship. Be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.